The QPR podcast is sponsored by XL Environmental, a pest control company based in Northolt and the Southeast. They provide for all your pest control needs, along with bird control, hazardous waste removal and ground maintenance. And they're Rangers fans, so if you call them on 0845 11 11, mention our podcast for a 10% discount. QPR! Welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. My name is Paul Finney. I'm hosting tonight because David Fraser couldn't make it. So anyway, tonight we have fellow podcaster founder, not joined with, but founder. <laughs> um, the reason where I got that from is Chris Charles from BT Sport. Yeah, hello. Is that it? Yeah, hello. Hi, hi. Nothing else? No. Okay. Do it like Steve Wright's show. <laughs> You 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 you. Ow ow. Do you know I I met him once. He's a very strange individual. That's all I'm saying. That's coming from me. Um, Cram's Cram's t-shirt. Well, you never cease to surprise. We should we should do a a thing every week with your t-shirt. What band you're going to wear this week? I like that, by the way. Do you? I remember them. I was talking about Eddie and and Sex Fiend earlier on, and and Uh how when I was younger I used to play them, and now I play them, I just think, God, I used to listen to that shade. They're (laughs) awful. But you can still listen to Bauhaus. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Clive Whitton from Loth Four Words. Good evening. How are you? Terrific. Yeah, I'm really really enjoying myself (laughs) so far. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favourite band, Clive? Uh, Pass. Never heard of them. Um, were they good? The, what was the last CD you bought? I, yeah, I what was the last record? Was it, is it Cid, Cid on Dion or whatever she's called? Uh, it's Power Ballads, me, isn't it? So it's, it's it Awful Taste and Meatloaf and things like that. So Did you like, I bet you brought um, To Pie, didn't you? You brought their album. Uh, pass. You did! You brought their album! <laughs> you did! Move on. Move on. Oh, God. Really? No, seriously, did you, did you buy... Do you yeah, like Carol no, Decker? Go, once a month we go to the electric ballrooms in Camden, dance around to Power Ballads until 2 Oh, all at Power? Yeah. Oh, my mate runs that club. You yeah. haven't been introduced yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. You sorry. Technically, you don't <laughs> exist. It's 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 the mystery voice game. Uh, Paul, it's my first day. Just let me off. You know, so and, yeah. and, and listeners, that was God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? Can we start asking for stuff? <laughs> yeah, like, stop famine, stop world peace, decent set of forward. Anyway, um, and we're also joined by Matt O'Brien. At last, a name that I can say. How are you doing, Paul? I'm, I'm all right. Well, you should know we've been sitting in the pub for the last That's hour. true. Yeah, man. It's good to meet you and you boys. Hello. <laughs> it's good, good Hello. To, be, to hear that already. It's good to meet this. I'm, I'm sorry. And you, um, what do you do for a living? Sorry. I work in advertising. Uh-huh. Come up with ideas to sell people products they don't need or want or generally like. David so. Fraser, you're hearing this for the podcast. It could be handy. <laughs> yeah. I can help people sell flowers as well, if that comes in. Uh, I, I, yeah. never, I, never, I never ever talk about funky flowers, <laughs> funky flower events, cool.uk, ever on this podcast. You'll never hear me mention we did Charlie Dawson's wedding, ever. All that other florist in uh, Harrow. Oh, I, I should. I feel really bad about that. I should apologise to them because I, I feel that I, they might have thought I was taking the I wasn't. And I wish they'd come on the podcast so we could talk Rangers because obviously... 
I, I want to do a florist. Why don't you special. send him some flowers? Say sorry. No, as a florist, the worst thing someone can do is send flowers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost mafia-like. Um, <laughs> anyone would anyway. think you're trying to avoid discussing our dramatic draw. I haven't ours. finished yet, but what I want to do? I want to do. A po- <laughs> I want to do. I want to do three or four podcasts before I die. <laughs> on, on, on my bucket list. And um, I haven't finished yet. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a, a podcast with florists. I think, so I think it'd be great yeah. and it could be blooming marvellous oh god I used oh, that nailed, nailed it nailed anyway it. right <laughs> told you it's the floodcast <laughs> Clive is already bagging his head off the microphone so Clive have I got to thank anyone Gabriel by the way or, or any sponsorship kind of thing before we start probably read the Twitter thing out David likes uh, that doesn't oh yeah we're on Twitter as um, the new QPR pod um, and um, Clive's on Twitter as Lawful Words I'm on Twitter as Paul3969 Chris Charles on Twitter as Chris Charles one hundred and one. I think it's just at QPR Pod for the podcast. And um, <laughs> Matt, you're on Twitter as I am. I'm mob handed, all caps, as if someone's shouting it. I like that. I know. I'd like to See, make a make a too statement cool for the podcast, yeah. or too loud, yeah. maybe. I like that. Anyway, yeah. oh, you can go to QPR and we're on Facebook, and you can email us in any way you want, and abuse us in every way you want. But just make sure it's all to David Fraser, right, Clive. We were there on Saturday. Hi, by the way, how cold is your feet after Saturday? My feet were frozen. Yeah, it's odd to sit at the back of an away end, 35 rows off the front, and still be getting absolutely pelted Mad, with it? snow and uh, whatever else it was. Thre- yeah, it was unpleasant. Strange old ground. What's Noldham? Anyway, give us your thoughts on Saturday, because I want to hear them. It's, uh, well, in those conditions, it's obviously difficult to play football, even if you are good at football, which QPR and Bolton are not, as we have seen repeatedly this season. So it was poor game on a poor pitch uh, in bad weather. You know, result almost at random, isn't it? I was thinking, um, apart from the two Fulham games and maybe MK Dons at home this year, I reckon every result we've had could easily have been uh, one of the other two outcomes. So every game we've won could easily have been a draw or a defeat. Every game we've lost, apart from the two Fulham games, could easily have been a draw or a win. It's just how the championship is. It's just lots of sort of mediocre teams bumping into each other. Even though Bolton are bottom of the league, obviously very poor, and how fat is Emil Heskey? <laughs> <laughs> obviously a poor team, uh, but they've only lost three times at home. Um, so is yeah, right? yeah, they've only God. lost three times at home this year. Okay, you could, you could kind of see why. You know, it's just championship bumping into each other. You like the result could have been drawn out of a hat almost. Obviously, nice to equalise in the last minute, but the only player on the pitch was really who looked good and mastered the conditions. Uh, actually, I'll row back from that slightly. The the only player on the pitch really was Zach Clough, who I thought just looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, apparently, we were looking at for a while. Well, apparently. I'm amazed that Bristol. He nearly went to Bristol City for two million quid in January. I, I can understand why it's that little because Bolton are skin, but I can't understand why there's not somebody a bit better than Bristol City having a look. Um, but I thought, you know, from a QPR point of view, Karate or whatever we're calling him this week, yeah, NASA looked great when he came on. He like decent first touch dangerous balls into the box didn't look like he was that troubled by the conditions whereas every other player on the pitch just either looks fed up or can't play in the rain there's, there's, I, I don't know I thought it was a truly awful game of football it was a brutalisation of the beautiful game as we know it yeah. if any people will say oh you you know just mourning for the sake of it difficult to play in those conditions it is massively difficult it was difficult to watch them conditions yeah. it has to be said and I have no idea why I had that big mesh 
between us and another empty seats in case the seats got angry and attacked us. I don't know, but that was very bizarre. I'm more, uh, more angry about a, a whole tier of very dry seats under the roof, completely empty and unused behind us while we were in the lower tier getting. Maybe wet. that's all part of the ploy. But anyway, I, I thought to be fair, you know, they're not a good side. We weren't a good side, and we've got. You can tell our season's kind of over, and um, Matty Phillips was more surprised than I was when he scored because I don't know what the goalkeeper was doing, but it was quite bizarre. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, now we've played them twice and we've beat them and got a draw. That doesn't look so bad. As Tony Fernandez said, they beat us 4-0 the start of the season a few years ago, so we'll come on to that later on. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like... What do you think of these getting away from the game itself, Clive? These new groans? Because Baldwin was one of the M ones, isn't it? It's detestable, detestable, horrible, vile, soulless, rubbish, evil places. Well, was bad, well, that was Reebok, wasn't it? That was the Reebok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first step towards the American. The Bluefield was black, yeah. but they, they were Boundary Park, weren't they? Yeah. Miles and miles out of Bolton, you oh, know, right. in a corner of a retail. But like, why on earth would? Yeah, I just I don't understand how people go there every week, particularly when the team. I know it's your team and whatever. I was sick if QPR ended up in somewhere like that. I'd really struggle. I thought the all great was better mm. because I remember Steve Morrow scored that fully from about thirty five yards. Steve Morrow did. That was his debut, I think. It was it? indeed. That was a better atmosphere and a better ground, and it was a better view. I, it was a, it was a horrible ground that, but it was in the middle of the town. It was terraces. Mm. Yeah, I, like when it, it comes nice to, to when it comes to ground, I have. I'm very sort of old-fashioned taste and whatever. I don't want us to leave Loftus Road, as I've said before. Interesting. Um, we come on to that later on. Do like Rotherham's ground that we went to recently was quite nicely designed, steep sides, and you know creates an atmosphere and whatever. Um, but Again. most most new grounds are just vile places in the middle of retail parts. I don't know why you would go there every week unless your team was amazing, which. You know, by the laws of only one team can win the league, only one team's amazing every year, isn't it? So why would you why would you go to a retail park miles out of Bolton to watch Bolton? I don't. I, Do you remember when Darlington got a new ground a few years ago? That was quite bizarre. It's still there, it just sits there, nothing in it. It's weird, isn't it? Just eh? anyway, there's a great actually there's a great Twitter account which is um, you can visit all these old grounds and you can look at them all. And I would like to say I remember the most, but I went to a lot of them in the nineties and I was quite drunk and don't remember Jack anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, also by Saturday, good about Phillips scored. Game probably best forgettable. Um, but Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank did not. Did you did you watch Jimmy on the sides? By the way, Clive on Saturday, he was very animated. It's probably the most animated I've seen him since he's been at Rangers. Was he suit or tracksuit? I think it's tracksuit, wasn't it? Yeah, just waterproof anything he could lay his hands on. Like yeah, that that, that, that thing yeah. was the elements, the coldest ground ever with the rain and there's no roof. I could imagine he was very frustrated. I imagine he is frustrated watching, you know, because. I can't imagine QPR are currently playing the way he wants. Okay, interesting. Wants, wants them to play. I mean, it must be frustrating for him because there's no way he trains all week for them to play like that, is there? He no, does it, of course not. Let's put in a really shocking performance and just boot it down the field and yeah. don't track back with your man and don't cover your full. But there's no way he's saying all of that. So it must be frustrating for him to stand there. It's a tough job, QPR. Like more experienced managers than Hasselbank have been eaten alive by this job. Mark Hughes. I agree, and I feel sorry for Perch because he's had more assists than anyone else in this league, but in completely the wrong direction. Mm. And um, the fullback situation just is the worst I can remember as a, as a fan. The fullbacks aren't helped by the fact that they've got two lazy wingers in front of them. Is that what it is? You think? No, it's not. They're both crap. Oh, okay. <laughs> Philip, but having Phillips and Hoylett in front of you, basically. Phoning it in doesn't help you as a Are we being hard on Perching? Are we being hard on a, a little. They're poor. Okay. They are. I'm surprised how poor Perching I'm not surprised how poor Koncheski is. 
um, the Leicester guy that does the Leicester write-ups for Love for Words had, had been saying five, like four years ago he was their worst player. Four years later, here comes Konczewski for us. Mm. But it doesn't help. I mean, against Fulham, I wasn't, wasn't on last week, but against Fulham, basically Phillips waved Garbutt through. So Perch always had two players, one of which is Garbutt, who's decent. Mm. You know, he's so so inconsistent, and his tracking back is really yeah. Bad he as well. just doesn't track back. Yeah, at he all. doesn't. At all. Just doesn't track. Oh, back. Sorry, I'm too, not close enough to the microphone. First day at work again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. He's one of my favourite players, like without a doubt. I think over the last couple of seasons, I've, I've enjoyed watching him, but he definitely doesn't really put in the full ticket mm. for me. Even even while he's putting in this mediocre effort, his goals and assists tally is still quite decent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think he's one of those players that when he leaves will sort of reflect on it. Oh, he wasn't as bad as we made out him to be. Definitely. Because it will go somewhere great, I think. You know? But there's no denying at the moment. Mm. He was never that committed defensively, but there's no, no denying at the moment. He's just basically abdicated all responsibility for that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it shows. I think it's, you know, his body language is there, isn't it? I think it's always one of them ones. But, you know, I still enjoy watching him, definitely. With the ball. Yeah, when he's got it. It'd be interesting yeah. if we did turn down bids for him, though. That would seem a bit strange. When you got the young lad on the bench who came on and did a much better job, in my humble opinion. I thought it was still good to go, but as a winger, you know, the, we, we seem to be lacking something. I don't know. It, do you not think this, Chris, as well? Maybe we'll get against Brentford. Maybe we'll, I don't know what's going to... We just need something to happen. We just need to click. We just need to kick into... We just... Something... All season we're waiting there saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And it doesn't happen time after time, but something needs to happen for the, that team to kick in this year. Because everyone says they're an average side. There's not. There's some damn good players in that. And I think it's it's not right to call them average. There's some good players on our side, but why can't we click? What is it? It was him to you, Chris. Oh, was it? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I lost yeah. myself halfway through. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I've got about... Um, well, I, I think it's quite difficult when we've we've had you know we had a change of manager. I, I think I think we've got to basically ride out the rest of this season um, and wait till the summer. Let get rid of the, the rest of the dead wood. Bring in the players that Hasselbank wants to bring in. I mean, I think it didn't help on Saturday again that we without um, Forlan. I think we do miss him a lot. I think you know as well as being you know comes into the podcast one night with the kids. Goes visiting hospital the next day. Is learning how to become a barrister in a coffee shop. Um, uh, uh, he's also probably our most important player. Mm. Um, so, uh, and I think he, yeah, he think he sort of makes the midfield tick. I think he can also turn uh, defence into attack. And I don't know. Without him, we seem a little bit bereft of ideas. I don't think it's just him. I also take the point about Phillips, you know, being a bit lazy, not tracking back. But also a lot of people were on his back um, the other day saying he didn't try. But, I mean, he, he tried enough to score a goal with the last kick well, of the yeah, match, yeah, which yeah. he had to make for himself, even if the keeper wasn't, yeah. was in no man's land. But So I don't buy that he's he just can't be bothered. I think he's that sort of player. I mean, even when he scored that 40-yard wonder goal, I think he just sort of drifts in and out of games. You don't see him for a bit. And then all of a sudden he can just produce... I think if anyone who went to the Blackburn game before the transfer window would beg to differ in that, but carry on. Yeah, no, I, I, I get the fact that he's, you know, I get the fact that he, you know, he, he doesn't put in 100%, shall I say, but maybe, you know, it, it, he's been like that since he came here. I don't ever remember him, you know, like tearing back to, to cover the fullback. If he was consistently good, he wouldn't be playing for QPR. It's the old Tarrat thing, isn't yeah. it? If Tarrat yeah. if Tarrat wasn't a moron, he would never have ended <laughs> up at QPR. He would have never ended <laughs> up at yeah, QPR. If, if Phillips tracked back, he wouldn't be playing for QPR. I, I know you guys don't want to hear, but should I tell you my highlight of Saturday on the way back in the train? No, go on. <laughs> um, was this this guy who was to hang on? I 
that's right, that's left. Yeah, to the left. I just was talking to this girl, and um, it was not like that. Just talking about he was in showbiz, and, and she was in showbiz, and having a yarn about things and things you get in the train from Who Manchester. Who was it, No idea. And he shut away like he worked for CBBS or something. Okay. Yeah, that's what he worked for CBBS. Yeah, that's right. And he halfway through the, the the journey back, he then started talking about how he had met Katie Price's implants in her house. You know her breast implants. Yeah, um, no, we, we, we no, 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 didn't need clarifying. <laughs> Definitely didn't. Just, need just, just said. But he then said, "It's okay. They were sterilised before I handled them, which is very bizarre, really? very strange. Yeah, really. Well, they were yeah, out of the bo- It was an out of body experience. Yeah, it was her old implants. And she obviously and she kept them. Yeah, yeah. It was like and just the way he said That's it. Incredible. And okay, I, I made sure they were sterilised or whatever before I handled them. But I was thinking. And she kept saying, no, look, this is my implants, that's what they were. And it's like, they were in me. And it's Brilliant like, Katie Price impression, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's almost good. like she was in the room. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> With know. With her what... implants. <laughs> but they, that, was, that, was, that was probably the highlight of the day. That's how bad the trip was. Up and, uh, the trip wasn't too bad, actually, in fairness, Manchester. Nice place. But a strange conversation, wasn't it? I think it's just... That's what makes away days. You want to, some of the conversations we were party to, I was like, in, a, in an effort to save money, you went on the train to Preston instead of Manchester. Yeah, I read this on Twitter. Go Did on. not do our research on that one at all. Five and a half thousand Sheffield went Wednesday fans and an EDL march in Preston on Saturday. Oh, <laughs> wish we wish we'd paid extra to go to Manchester. Yeah. No, but I, th- I think the thing is, for, for years we've we've been. Cra- well done, Chris, bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been craving a bit of stability. That's um, brilliant. That is, by the way, Clive. Yeah, got, yeah. um, <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> Um, yeah, for years we've been craving a bit of stability. We've either been, you know, well, for the most part, fighting relegation. And I think now we've got it. No one really knows what to do, including the players. We're sort of in this sort of no man's land. I mean, we've got 40 points now, which I think, you know, realistically, we're not going to go down. We're definitely, no, not, definitely not. not going to go up. But what I'd like to see is, is now's the time, I think, to start taking, you know, getting Kinczewski, um out of the team, getting some of the youngsters in. Um, I, I, what baffles me is why Young Suk Young went to Charlton on loan and how you know three successive managers have suddenly found that a player who was, I thought, one of our best players, is, is suddenly no one rates him. Well, I guess the, the, the answer is twofold, really. One, what you said, is that three, three different managers who see him every week in training have decided he's not their left-back. So whatever we yeah. see and think, because I think he's our best left-back, mm. Whatever we see and think must be wrong because, you know, professionals, like I say, assume it. But also, we've got five left backs on the books. And if we're thinking about financial fair play, obviously nobody wants Triore. And why would, <laughs> why would they? You I can't, remember him. You can't, you can't get rid of Konchesky because you can't terminate a season long loan. And even if you do, you still have to pay the wages. I mean, you can all debate about what a bad signing Konchesky was on loan for the season. Robinson's presumably going to be our left back. But he's still working his way back from injury. I was just going to ask that: Is he still presumably? Okay. Well, I'm making he's presumptions. He's not under twenty ones or EDS. Kapikwa, we presume, isn't quite good enough for champ. You know, for championship yet, isn't trusted. So but done quite well at Orient. I'd may I'd play him instead of Conchessi, yeah. but again, so I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which leaves Yun, who as an expensive player that somebody might want. You know, we do have to comply with. Is he expensive? Do you think? I bet he's not on what I'm on. (laughs) Um, So we do have to comply with FFP this year, otherwise we'll be under a transfer embargo towards the end of next season or the season after, which are going to be big seasons for us. We need to be promoted then. We don't need to be, you know, taking the team apart. FFP, you've still got Sandro, you've still got a lot of people exactly so we you know we had FFP the, could still hammer us if they, regardless of whether we put him to lawn I think and people forget 
Well, no, but you loan him to Charlton to get some of the wages off the book. That's what they're trying to do. That's why Sandro's out on loan, Corker's out on loan. They're it depends trying- how much they're paying the wages. Exactly. But presumably Charlton aren't paying nothing, otherwise the, there would be no point. Um, I don't been a QPR fan, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Um, Where, on, the, on the falling point, I was going to say the, the Tozer thing has really hamstrung them this year because they did recognise in the summer that we're nowhere near as good without falling in midfield, mm. which is pretty obvious to anyone that's watched us. They signed Tozer to replace him and... I don't think anybody could really have anticipated just how bad Tozer has been. Mm. Consider, you know, he was a reasonable player in a promoted Watford team. It's not, so it's, not un, it's not unfeasible that he would be able to come in and do a sort of falling role. But he's just been, apart from half an hour against Ipswich, so bad. And that's killed them because now it's either falling or we don't play well. How long was his contract? Two years? To, well, I think, yeah, I made a mistake writing last week. said that he was only on loan, but he's not. He's no, Angela's we, we paid Angela's one, on loan. We paid one point five million apparently as a loan fee for Angela plus his wages. Allegedly. No, haven't can't haven't, right. haven't heard Surely. that. I heard that at the pub, someone told me that at the pub. I could be wrong. Right, it must that be must right. be right. Must yeah. be right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I said that to cover myself. <laughs> Toza, Toza's contracted for next season and you, you know, it's easy to hammer the club and whatever, but like I say, you would have thought Toza would have been better than this. Well, but they both and then we wouldn't for, be so reliant on But they on both falling. look good for Watford, is your point, which I agree with. When they played for Watford, they didn't look bad players. I can see where we got them. It's just weird how, excuse me, we, we, why we bring them into the club, they, they don't become the players. Well, how many, how many players have we said that about? You come to QPR, mm. suddenly... We'd stick Messi in goal and ruin them. <laughs> <laughs> but we, no, we, um, he did look good against Ipswich, Toza, and that was definitely his best game for us. But to be, to be fair, for the large part of the game, Ipswich bypassed the midfield... And he had so much time. Very true. I mean, I think even I would have made a d- yeah. half-decent fist of it. So he gets a start against Fulham yeah, yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the back of that. And suddenly Fulham turn up with five midfielders. Yeah. It's not quite the same. No, quite. But I mean... Carry on, Chris. You're doing well. No, no. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, yeah, but uh, yeah, left-backs. So, I mean, we haven't had a great history of signing. I mean, look at... Um, Indoors are more nil. Bring them back. Well, yeah. Gino. But, I mean, we're the, we're the only club, Traore, I'm talking about, who could sign a player weeks after he's let in eight goals. That was... Uh but the weird thing about him was that we had a chance of letting him go and then we resigned <laughs> him again. That's the bit that gets me. I don't, I don't, he know. always looked better to me when he played left wing rather than left back. He always looked better to yeah. me when he was playing for somebody else. Yeah. But... Um, it's a weird one, though, because he's probably a lot of money. What, what would you like to say? Sorry, Mark. We haven't been in a conversation a lot. No, I, I, I'm listening, listening heartily and learning, which is what I do most weeks. So, Matt, so you're going back. What, what do you think is the solution to our fullback problem? There's no pressure to fill this in. Just The, the solution to our fullback problem mm. is... I, I, I don't know. I don't actually know the technical answer, but I think, going back to what you were talking about, Chris, about how the, we played against um, Ipswich... Everyone played well against Ipswich, and I think there's kind of to the point there's no galvanising players. And even when we had Austin, who is you know that was like one of the best times at the club. He when he played well, when he held the ball, when he was putting them goals in, you're like, okay, this is enough now to start seeing the team sort of get get behind the ball, play really well. And it, and it didn't happen. You know what I mean? It just didn't happen. And I think what yeah. we're lacking is leadership. And Fallin does bring that leadership. You know, he's good at that quarterback role. He can throw. He can get that ball in easy. But I don't know. It's what feels to me that they're lacking one big charge and I think that's what you're saying when we need something good to happen so what is that what is that big charge really well, well the, the leadership points no, yeah. good, no. is a good point yeah that's what it feels to me what, what kind of you know because I, th- I thought Anua would have a really good season this year as captain at centre half which okay. is his better position you know a division lower I th- I've been really disappointed with, with I, I, I'll put it out there that I don't think we've got that many natural leaders 
No, it's a quite it's a quiet team. What was the home game the other week where there was? Fulham any- might be a good leader. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think he looks like a leader when he's on there. Yeah. The game's definitely different. He's also, I don't know if he's, 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 don't if he's too nice. I don't. Know if he, I mean, I, I, you know, yeah, I think he's nice too fragile. Thing. I think that's part of it as well. I think well, you know when they go for him, it looks like they're going to break him, right? And maybe there's that that thing about you know having your best player putting the added burden. I mean, some people thrive on it, and some people it's, it's not for them. We should have asked him, or should have got one of the kids. Also, to ask also him having your best player who can't play every game because yeah. he can't he, like as, as much as he wants to if he, you, after three ACL you can't play I, I every think, championship game of the season but do you, do you think there's something in there like you know not wanting to knock like Les or any of that but my friend who's a Liverpool fan says to me QPR is a place where like managers and players with attitude go to die because they can't find who's in charge can't find the leadership and I just wonder whether or not if yeah, you've got to be that is, I guess that's the, the idea a that Liverpool fan said that a Liverpool fan <laughs> wow okay yeah but to be fair Oh, that's quite yeah, yeah. okay. I, I, I won't say too. That's much. what they're trying to get away from, isn't it? That is the perception. It's a place where you know, if you need a final payday and you you know, you yeah. can just come and sack it off. That is the perception. That is what they're trying to change. I think QPR's problem is that we worry too much what other people think of us rather than doing the right thing and going back to basics and going back to what we made a successful for all them years. Um, the whole the social media side of it, very good team. They do things right. Um, but sometimes I think that we get really paranoid about what things people say about us, what people think about us. What you know, I mean, I, for instance, tonight coming in here, I just put a wee tweet on saying, like, on the way to the podcast, the tubes are how people commute. I'll never know. <laughs> started an argument. Do you know what I mean? Like, ended up being about players and stuff. And I'm you like, can start an argument in a phone box, mate. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> even, even if you're not meaning to. This is harsh press. Anyway, um, we're playing Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow night. And Clive's going there on his really expensive ticket. And um, let's talk to Lee Cook and remember his time at Sheffield Wednesday, playing for QPR. Lee, thank you for coming on the podcast as always. Um, tomorrow night we're away to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yep. When you've played for Rangers, what's it like playing in the ground that big, with that big pitch and the big stand and stuff? Is it is it daunting? It's a big pitch there, very big pitch. Um, I don't know if that suits us, to be honest, but yeah, it's a very very large pitch and it's actually it's a good atmosphere to play there they've always had good support there so that's, that used to be a ground I used to look forward to playing in that one OK right over to Chris um, Hi Lee how you doing? Hi mate yeah um, I was just going to say we were, we were talking earlier on um, let's go straight into this um about our, our our fullbacks and you know we don't rate them that much. But uh, I, I was saying to you as a as a left winger, how important was it for you to have good fullbacks behind you? Um, well, they kind of make you really. Um, they need to they need to open up and give you the ball. If, if they're a fullback that don't like to play to their winger, then you know what chance have you got as a wide player? Um, you need one that's going to play to your strengths really. Like for instance, like with me when I used to have Marcus Bignot behind me, whenever I was wide, he would always give me the ball. As soon as he got it, he'd give it to me straight away. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, if you come inside as a wide player, then that's, that, that's your signal for them to overlap. So, they're a massive part of how you play on a match day. Um, you know, I've played with some, some very bad fullbacks and <laughs> they, do affect the way, they do affect the way you play. So, it's just vitally important. Who is that then? Can't <laughs> say, mate. But that <laughs> 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 So, I went down there. It was uh, elsewhere in my career, but yeah, um, I know. Probably one of the best ones I actually played with was at Watford called Paul Robinson, a lad called. Uh, oh, yeah. He's still playing now, actually. Um, he was a great, great uh, left back to play with. 
Go, so going the other way, Lee, from the from the fullback's point of view, how important is it for a winger to to sort of come back with the opposition fullback if there's a defensive situation? Because we've had, we've had this discussion about yeah. fullbacks tonight, and we we so while we don't think either of our fullbacks are playing particularly well, it, there's a sort yeah. of consensus that the wingers aren't really helping them out a lot, particularly in the in the Fulham game. Yeah, I mean it is important, but a lot of the time people make excuses for the fullbacks and half blame the wide players but for me when I was a young young winger learning my trade that part of the game is something you have to learn and as I grew older I've got a lot better at it but you know the, the ones we've got down there in a minute are experienced so they should know everything you know what they're supposed to do um, as as the years have gone on a fullback's job has been you know going forward has become more involved in the game um, for me, I think it's the easiest position on the pitch, the fullback. Um, you get a lot, much more time on the ball, a lot, lot more decision-making time to pick your pass, um, when and when to go, when not to go. But I just think these days, they're ultra-fit because they're up and down. And Yeah, I mean, defensively, some of them are a bit frail these days. Even even the best ones, like Carl Walker and that, he gets he gets pulled up for his defensive duties. But I think as a wide player, you do, you, you've got to help your fullback out. That's, you know... That's a foregone conclusion. But these days, it's often the, the wide player looks after the opposite fullback. That's how it works. Hi, Lee. It's uh, Matt here. Um, what we were just talking about leadership as well, and how we thought that kind of the, the fullback issue might have been a, a, a kind of overflow to do with no solid leadership on the pitch at QPR at the moment. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think there's a natural leader there? I mean, we were talking about you know obviously Austin going and. You know, seeing these big names walk off. Do you think there's, you know, the leadership within the club at the moment, or should the leadership come uh, from the players no, at all? I think, I think we're missing one. I think we're missing one. We, I've got a similar problem at the club I'm at now at EC. There's not one voice on the pitch where you can always hear. We have yeah. a captain, and you know, he's like Paul Reid used to play for Barnes and stuff, and he's, um, you know, he's a good captain, but there's not enough loud enough voice on the pitch. And I think that Rangers, from what I've seen so far has not been that character in the team and you do need them you do need them so who was your best captain at QPR then when you were the the best captain yeah um, to be fair like when I was there the first thing I was there we had a few voices and they weren't necessarily the captains I mean Danny Shutu was a big presence in the team yeah. with his loudness at the back I mean he used to intimidate people in the tunnel um, <laughs> well, he would <laughs> I, I mean I've seen him scare the life out of people in that tunnel I mean it, really? only they knew he was a gentle giant but he used to come out and really really be vocal and really like Brilliant. scare the opposition especially the forwards in the team um, obviously we had Birchie he weren't captain really but he was a big voice in the middle of the park and you do need it it's just a massive part of the team because it just G's the other players up and you know a voice in football is huge even if it's half a yard to the right half a yard to the left it, it makes a massive difference and okay another um, issue I was going to speak to you about is, is, is team spirit back in the teams when you were playing I mean what was yeah. the dressing room like then I mean was it, I, I'm imagining it was it, it was quite a big uh, positive atmosphere in there good vibe yeah, I mean, I've done an interview the other day, I don't know if you see it on QPR Live, and I, I mentioned um, the fact that these days, this day and age, if you like the top two divisions, you don't really see four or five local boys from that area playing in that team. Yeah. And, you know, these days, obviously, with a the foreign influx and 
and all that kind of stuff, you, you don't really see it much. I mean, that, that team we had back then, we had probably four QPR supporters in it and a couple of other Londoners in it. And the team spirit was massive. We, we all got on great. Um, we socialised together. Um, I've not had socialising with, with players like that since them, them days. I mean, I still meet Martin on a regular basis. I meet Mark on a regular basis. Um, and we go out together. We go out for dinner. and I know their wives, their families, their kids. And then, you know, since then, I've not really had that. Um, so that, that team spirit was huge back then. And I think that's why that first season uh, after we went up um, in, into the championship under Ollie, we I think we come 11th mm. um, with probably one of the worst budgets in the division at the time. And that goes to show, we, had, we obviously we had decent players, but our team spirit was, was very hard to beat. But do you, do you think part of this um, lack of team spirit, or, or okay, not lack of team, but the lack of players socialising with one another and doing all the stuff you just said? Do you think part of that is yeah. the culture of you know they got a lot of money, they live behind you know twenty foot high walls, and uh, I, I don't know, I just sort of get that vibe, not for QPR, but just just everybody generally that footballers yeah. tend to be a bit more detached, even maybe from their own teammates. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, my final years at Rangers is when I really started to see to see it. Um, 2012, I think it was, I left. But the changing room was just so divided. Hmm. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. Um, You're joking. Obviously, in the, in the last three years, I think I think it's got better down there, definitely. I mean, from what I've seen at the minute, they, they seem a decent set of lads that get on with each other. But yeah. It's just not clicking at the minute. It's just not clicking on the pitch. I mean, we haven't really got a style of play at the minute. I mean, I was at the Ipswich game the other week and I thought we played really well and I thought, that that looks promising. Yeah, we all did. And then the following game, it was just diabolical and it was back to back to the old way of losing you know three nil down at half time to Fulham and I was I was just in shock well I know we were I mean again we were we were sort of talking about that and part of the reason we think is because Ali Forlan wasn't playing and he sort of makes the team tick but then when he came on the podcast last week he did point out that he was in the team that got beat 4-0 by Fulham last year so uh, <laughs> as not you know yeah. generally him being not but 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 also again I, I, that thing with the Fulham game it almost looked as if the Fulham players every time the last three or four times we play them know how big a game it is and the QPR players have got no idea and maybe that and it also it, it translates to the fans as well a little bit yeah I mean obviously they're sort of bogey side but as they've gone into that game, I think losing the first goal and then the second one in quick succession, then obviously the heads are straight down, aren't they? And I mean, the week before, for 45 minutes, we just dominated the game. So everyone was upbeat. And it's just dealing with it the other way. I think when we go a goal down, it's as if like, oh, we've got no chance now. It's game over sort of thing. But that's what Jimmy's got to install that into the team. And I said the other day, like, it's his playtime for him now. He's got to play with the team until the end of the season and then work out what he needs in the summer because we're not going up, we're not going to go down. Um, you know, it's time for him to uh, stir the pot and have a little look and see what, what he needs and, and, and just play with tactics and formations and see what he feels best. Because when you, when you go off the throat, it's such a small, tight pitch. You can really in, uh, intimidate teams when they come down there and I think he's still got to learn that with the QPR way. Yeah, I agree 100% with that, mate. Ed, Lee, going back to, to your playing time, towards the end of your, your first spell at the club, you were in a, a, you know, a particularly poor QPR team, um, but, mm. but you played well enough to, to get yourself the move that, that you got. But you, you almost carried that team. And I, just, I wonder when you were looking around the dressing room at that time and the state the club was in, how you sort of motivated yourself and, and played that well when the, when the team was, you know, it was on its knees at that time. 
Yeah, I just think when you're younger, I mean, it's no fear, but 23, 24 years old, um, I felt quite a big responsibility that season. And every, every game I went into, you know, I, I felt, right, I've got to, you know, I really want to do this for the boys and help them as much as I can. And that was a part of why Big Knot used to give me the ball so much, because at the time I was on form, um, you know, I could have been playing against anyone I'd have fancied it. Um, but, yeah, it's just confidence in the team. And at the minute, there ain't none in it. Nowhere. Yeah. And no the, confidence at all. The, the Fulham move obviously didn't work out um, injury-wise. Can you sort of... I mean, the the manner of your departure and paying the signing on feedback and everything was the thing that got the publicity. Why why yeah. didn't that, that move work out? What was the, the injury problem that you obviously sort of went there with? I, I just wonder why it didn't yeah, work it out. Yeah, um, it kind of rolled over. Near the end of the, my the last season at Rangers, I tore a cartilage in my knee. And basically, with the cartilage... Um, surgeons try and take as little out as possible because you need a lot in there as possible <laughs> and he didn't take enough out so basically what was happening was it was still catching and then the last pre-season game we had, well we had Arsenal away first game of the season and it was my last pre-season game we had all the shot and uh, I completely I tore it even more and uh, they had to take a lot of it out and it was a 10 month injury and then everything just stemmed from there then bone on bone arises and then a defect come into my bone so it, all, it was amazing how it happened, really. I mean, it all started from um, an overstretched groin where I tore, tore a little cartilage. And, you know, they're the worst injuries to have, I think, because you need... These days, they haven't got the replacement of the cartilage yet. Apparently, it's coming out in the next year or two. So yeah. I've been told. Is it, and it's, is the that... thing, it's the same thing that the King had, basically. Every time you compact in your knee, your bones are hitting each other because you've not got the sponge in between protecting it. Yeah. And you obviously came back to the club for a second spell, but did you feel that... You know, was it frustrating that you couldn't get to the sort of heights that you did at the end of your first spell, having come back? To yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it affects you massively. I mean, they told me at thirty to retire, um, but I, I had the I had the well, twenty nine going into thirty. Um, but I, the operation, the surgeon said to me, "This will give you another seven years if if you do the rehab right." Um, and you know, since then, I've, I've not been injured, and I've played you know, the last three seasons of forty odd games or something. So. You know, for them to say, oh, yeah, I think you should call it a day. And then I've gone on and I you know, still play. I went to Lake Norin in League One and had two seasons there. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm disappointed, obviously, that it happened to me. But it happens in football. That's, you can't think about it too much. Everyone says to me, what if you didn't get injured? What if? You just don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know. Yeah. It was an odd time to, to, to sort of come back. Compared to the club you left, which was skin. You then came back at the time that money was being cobbed around. Like, what, what was the difference coming back? It sounds like you, you know the dressing room actually wasn't nearly as, as good the second time around. I just wonder what it was and, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was under Dowie. It was it was good. I mean, we were flying at the time. Um, I think we were fifth or sixth. I mean, you know, we'd only been about seven or eight games in, but we'd won five games or something. We was it was a good tight knit squad, and he added to the to the team, and it was. A, you know, I thought it was a good side that year. I thought we had a good chance of actually getting in the playoffs. But obviously, like I think we had four different managers that year through sackings and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, everyone's seen the documentary of the four-year plan, and that <laughs> first year of that, it was just it was a circus, wasn't it? I mean, it was madness the first year. <laughs> I think this. But they still, I mean, they still done they done what they was going to say, but it still it could have been done sooner. It could have been done sooner. We could have been up a lot sooner and. Oh, it's just a shame we've yo-yoed. I mean, I, I, I said the other day on that on that QPR live that if we, I thought as soon as we went up, that would that would be us. We'd be in there for for a while, um, with the with the owners and that we've got and the money behind us. 
Um, so, you know, it's just a shame with with Yo-Yo the last couple of years and now we seem to be stuck and, and back where we were, say, you know, seven, eight years ago when, when I left. That's how it seems, but we just need to pick up again and I think the, the board are in it for the long run and things will improve. I like Hassel Bank. I think he's going to be a decent manager for us, um, but he just needs time. Right, they unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show, but you know what? Yeah. I know, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can listen to you. Next time, please come into the studio and we'll have a proper chinwag and um, talk about cause some great stories in there. But you know what? I look forward to the day when I see more QPR players in the crowd and scepter having a wee drink with the fans. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, me, the last time we saw each other. Yeah. And I was ill that day as well. I was very ill. That, was that's not box. a surprise. <laughs> I was in the box and it was all free drinks. I made most of the red wine. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, no, one, no, no one noticed you got away with that one big and I, time. And I, and I was supposed to go home afterwards, but I went out for a few jars. So, yeah, it turned out a good day in the end. And we played well and then I ended up having a few jars. So good on you, mate. I tell you what, that's a QPR we love, big man. And listen, <laughs> seriously, next time come into the studio, Lee. Seriously, no, thank you. No, definitely, I will do. I will yeah, do. that'd be great, mate. Thanks, for, thanks, yeah, pal. Thanks, cheers, bye, bye, bye. To be fair, you know, you won't see people like that in a few years in the pub getting drunk, will you? And that's maybe that's maybe maybe that's part of the problem with QPR with the journey we've had. Well, get, nobody gets a round of twelve Jaeger bombs for nobody in particular anymore. <laughs> we're not, Clive, we're not, we're not saying he was drunk, um, but um, yeah, I seen that. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I thought we were going to talk about. Anyway, no, no, we're not. But it's just. Does it show the difference in a small time how much we've changed the club? You know, it's just anyway. Maybe what, what Lee said, but like to him, Bertram, Gallen, all them players in the team who were local lads who who love the club. Um, yeah, and people say that we were crap back in them days, but we weren't. We no. were a good little side, punching above our weight in a lot of ways, in so many ways, and I'm proud of that side. Anyway, ours in the. I'm terrible. My phone manner is dreadful. Yeah. You wouldn't guess. Yeah. Right, Matt. Yeah. Ours in this show. We're not going to start with you. Clive. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you some time to think about it. Got it. I, d- I, I need time to think. What should I say? Well, we haven't, I'll tell you what we have. I'll, I'll, I'll st- we haven't mentioned Tony's tweet yet, have we? Uh, yes. Oh, good. Oh, right. No, Chris, that was supposed to be ours in the show. That's what I, I thought that's what, yeah. I thought that's what <laughs> we were doing. How the show works, I know you've been here for five years, is we go around the table. Sorry. So, Chris, what's your ours in the show? Well, okay. Well, it wasn't going to be Then we'll be go to Clive. Um, oh, go on then. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was going to talk about Ali Forlan and and uh, no, no, talk about the, I'll do stop. Tony's tweet. You do okay, Ali you Forlan. do Tony's tweet, and then maybe I'll add to Tony's tweet. Yeah, okay. No, I was just going to say sense. Ali Forlan last week. I mean, I know I've, I've touched it already, but just just what a fabulous uh, bloke he is. I mean, all those kids. I mean, I, people hopefully listen to the podcast. As Clive said before we came in, it's one of those podcasts you hear kids are going to be on, and you immediately think that's not going to go well. And I think we all thought that as well. But it actually went brilliantly. The kids asked some great questions, um, and 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 his little boy was there. He was fun, and, and he he just you know it's the second or third time he's been on and come in. Um, so thanks to the club first of all for helping to sort it out. But thanks to him. And the next day is at the hospital uh, with Les. Uh, the hospital, Visit Alan Barnes. yeah, visiting Alan Barnes. The day after that, as we said, he's he's learned to be a barrister in this coffee shop. He 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 he, he serves in every day. I mean, this is a, a you know Premier League footballer um, who's, who's not in there. So at the, the, weird, the weird thing is, I think my daughter has a new crush. No. <laughs> this is so sad, and it's a bit awkward as a father 
<laughs> but it's like she has not stopped talking about Ali Fallen. Listen, mate, I, I've got a crush on Ali Fallen as well. I'm a bit of man love, I think. Th- Ali thank Ali God, I have no responsibility towards you. Nah. <laughs> but I think you know, I'd like to have him on every week, and we could. It's brilliant. We, we could call it a Godcast. And do you know what? 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 People talk about role models for for kids and footballers these days, and hey, and it is true. There's a lot of bad ones out there. What a great bloke he is. Yeah, for that absolutely. sort of thing. He, d- he didn't have to do any of that. No, didn't, didn't have to go to the hospital, didn't mm. have to come in here, didn't have to come in here the time before that or the time before that. Doesn't have to make in his work, work in his mate's coffee shop, could stay in his house with his 20-foot walls, which I bet he hasn't got anyway. Um, so, Ali, thank you But you know much. what? He gets QPR. Yeah, you absolutely. Can t- he gets it. He gets absolutely. There are, so there are still one or two around. No, well, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of well, sorry about that. Already, I'm not sending the old... I don't think players... I'll, I'll just finish in this one. And then I'll go to my hours end and I'll do predictions and he'll go through the window in a kind of a heat of excitement. Is that I don't think players go out there deliberately to play poorly or play bad or whatever. It, something's wrong, but I'm not saying we should go back to the Bircham, the Gallon, and everything else does. But people like Ali Kerr would just maybe not in the past brought the wrong players. Should we do Tony's tweet? Oh, the right players. Oh, we put the wrong Tony's tweet. Should we do Clive, Tony's tweet? Do we have to? Because if you do this, I'm going to get absolutely hammered on Twitter tomorrow. But carry Why? on. Fine. Well, I always yeah. get. Whoever says it, anyone criticises. You get hammered on Twitter mute. anyway. So. I know. I know. Yeah. I love all big head on me kiss. Mute, mute button. Uh, so on, such yeah. a valuable. What should we do? Tony's tweet. Like, you, you can do. But can I just say, if if if, if all big heads isn't this, this is Clive Whitnam saying this, not Finney. <laughs> so don't hassle me. I've well, blocked you. Carry on. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I think. A lot of people at the club have, uh, I think, have, have tried to gently persuade Tony that, that the tweeting is not, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a positive thing. It's not doing him any favors. Not doing us any favors. And he, he won't, he won't have it. <laughs> and it, it, you know, it is frustrating when you see things like that. that. Was a strange Has tweet, anyone got though. him a blog, like it's his own blog that he can just? No, less, less, <laughs> do less. Okay, <laughs> quick, not quickly, more. quickly. What was his thinking behind the comparison of the Bolton tweet, which is, I'm sure is what he? Was I mean, we, the thing I would say is something. They, you they know, know, if you see some of the the stuff he does get, you know, even during the match at Bolton on Saturday, it's not even over yet. We haven't lost, and some of the stuff he's getting, it must be quite hard not to respond to that. And there, there was a tweet about, oh, "I wish you'd disappear like one of your planes." That was disgusting. Somebody oh, actually that tweeted him sick. that. So if you get him that on your that. phone. It must be hard not to respond to that, which is why I think he just shouldn't be on there because then you respond to it as yeah. he did in the heat of the moment. Yeah, and to be, to be he's fun. meant to be the chairman of the club. The yeah. other point is, you know, the players have a very, and now have a strict code of conduct about what they're, you know, they're not allowed to talk about club business on social media, basically. So what you mean prob- since Joey Barnes left? <laughs> since Joey Barnes left, yeah. So, that, you know, that should probably apply to the chairman as well. I just don't think he... He doesn't achieve anything. His point of view is that it's a great way to reach thousands and thousands of people. And if you appear at a fans forum, you know, there's, what, 60 people there and 100 people watching on YouTube. You know, there is a fair point, I guess. But he doesn't doesn't achieve anything positive, does it, for him or the club? It causes problems for the manager, maybe, with, you know, that promotion is everything tweet. That caused problems for the manager. You know, it causes team. problems for the media team. It causes say, problems team, for Lee Every Hughes. time that ding goes in, there, they might just think, "Oh God, here we go." Again. I mean, what he should do is run it by them. I mean, it I, should I just, just come off because I mean, a part of that tweet said, uh, "Well, it said we stayed up in the first season. Next manager out, a sways together. Hat was less than successful." I mean, to be honest, I didn't really <laughs> but, understand what. He was well, no, that doing. hat was less than successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I'm not going to criticise anyone's spelling on Twitter. Um, but but do, you, do you see my point a bit? Even if he was on there sensibly, 
the stuff that he will get inevitably through being on there can't win. He can't can't win. Sure he can't win, and it's, it all, is right. always going to provoke a response, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He should be on there to sell it as a sales tool, if not just to say this is the new. You know, season ticket prices. Mm. You know, it should just be using it as an outlet for stuff that's QPR based, not opinion based, because his opinion has got to be protected. He's mm. got. Is, it, is there any? I know David Gold uses it a bit, and and it, but well, I, I think Sullivan's son, son is, the, is the is the one for West yeah, Ham. Yeah, David Gold uses it quite. But I don't well, think any other. Do any other chairman go on and tweet as prolifically? I mean, I know what Tony's like. Tony, Tony is he's fundamentally a nice but, guy. He's quite showbiz. And he likes all, all the glam, and I can totally, I totally get that. I mean, that appalling tweet. I mean, he's worth a hundred or a thousand or ever more. But on if he wasn't on there, he wouldn't get that. Yeah, true. But to be yeah. fair, though, everyone at QPR loves to tweet because yeah. everyone loves to talk QPR for some. But in fairness, I think in, in essence, Tony Fernandez is a nice person. I will say that. Yeah, I don't think anyone and, would and agree even though, with that. Everyone will say, "I will." But when people start calling Twitter and calling people haters and this, that, and the mm. other thing, criticism is not hatred. Criticism is frustration. Criticism can be so many things. But what I hate is a civil war we have after every game, win, lose, or draw. It's civil fucking war all the time. Mm. And it's ridiculous. Can we not just have a nice, comfortable debate? And I know that's coming from me. And I normally, Correct, yeah. yeah. And I will tell people to feck away off, like, if they get me nerves. But, you know. <laughs> We did actually, we went up a place on Saturday. Exactly. You would never, I know it's a bad, you know, bad performance, bad result, bad opposition. We actually went up a place. You would never have guessed that. But here's a point. We're going to, sorry, Gabe, I'll go to this quickly. I'm just coming to my head before we do the RSN. Um, which this we will. Is it, this is. All right. This is it. Is why does this season seem to be so bad? Why are so many people talking about never coming back again next season? Why is it all gone a wee bit wrong? Because ideally, we're not going to go up, we're not going to go down. We spent millions of pounds, but we do that anyway, and we normally get really good at it. So. It just seems weird why this season seems so negative. Do you think it's any different, really? I remember Bill Power being on the old rivals message board, you know, with his cinema analogy. You know, that that was a time mm, when we had the okay. great team that we love. You know, people still people love to do love to moan, and that's rich coming from me. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not overly convinced it's it's. But one thing I will say, it's is nasty on Twitter in particular. Twitter's a new medium. Mm. Um, the airplane thing was sick. You yeah, but they, he gets stuff that. like that a lot. I mean, you that just got a bit of publicity. Disgusting. But he, when you look at his feed and what people are saying to him, there's a lot of stuff like that. No, people disgusting. have mentioned his planes and things to him before. No, that's wrong. That's just, that's just wrong on every level. Anyway, Matt, what's yours ours end of the show? I, I think I probably should say something about leadership because I kind of kind of knocked the team. But I kind of I kind of think that um, QPR is it's great. You know, um, I think there's a real. You know, it's getting better and better, and I think we should probably give Hasselbank a bit of a chance to be that leader that I've kind of decided to say earlier that we didn't have. And I do, I do think you know that's his job, and I think we're at that kind of the rebuild that we've been talking about for the last two years since we went down. I think it's happening. I think things are getting better. So that's what I said. Also, uh, me and Clive have got a mutual friend who uh, is a Birmingham. Birmingham fan. Yeah, <laughs> which is we only found out tonight, which is pretty good. And so I hope we stuff them on Saturday. So Dave Jackson, if you're listening, which he won't be, but if he is, <laughs> me and Clive wanted to lose. And we'll see you in the <laughs> Crown of Scepter for a jar. So yeah, nice. More than one. Yeah. Christopher. Have you? Oh, sorry, Chris. Yes. Do you hit big call, Christopher? Uh, it's only my mum calls me when I've been naughty, and as I'm in my forties now, it doesn't happen that often. But, but you have no, a laugh. I've been out with you drinking. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Um, well, I actually would have my. I mentioned Ali Fallen. The only uh, the only thing I would add is just to say, reiterate what I said earlier on. We, we you know, we're not going up. We're not going down. And you know. Uh, 
to get that much hatred out of a, 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 a insipid one-all draw at Bolton is and when we're not going up, we're not going down. Seems a bit odd to me. I, I just think we've got to just basically coast through to the end of the season, use as many pl- players as we can do, start building for next season, and then judge Hasselbank uh, when it, at Christmas time next season. If we're really struggling, then okay, maybe a few questions need to be asked. But for now, let him get on with his job and. That's it, really. To be to be fair, there wasn't at Bolton that many. You'll testify this at Clive. There wasn't that many people calling for his head at Bolton. I don't know where that came from. There's a few people sitting at the front singing some Neil Warnock songs, but nobody was calling for Hasselbank's head. I don't have I no idea. I didn't hear any of that. I'm referring no, more. I'm to, just. I'm referring. No, to I have no idea. I'm where referring more to the social Twitter. media stuff. No, but it, it was on Twitter, and I'm like, I must have been at the wrong ground because I didn't hear anything. Like I didn't that. hear anything from no. anybody. So that's that's the part of social media, which is what you yeah. said, right? One thing I will say. Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow, we're going to beat them 5 0. We're going to beat Birmingham 7 0. Yeah. And when Brentford come down, we're going to make up for everything that's wrong with some of the derbies and hammer them 13 0. <laughs> and I think the nurse has given me the right medication. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> but what else could go- Seriously, we've got, to see- we've got to stage where results don't really matter, but he could maybe try a few young players. The results don't matter anymore. Oh, I agree. I mean, the QPR are a weird team. We'll probably win 1 0 at Sheffield Wednesday, who are the informed team at the. Well, they got beat Saturday. Team at the moment, um, apart from their loss on Saturday, <laughs> um, and uh, and we'll lose to Brentford because we we haven't won. A, no, we I won't. We have, that's seventeen. We'll I don't win. think we've won a London derby for seventeen in the last seventeen. The last seven. London derby was Chelsea away, if I remember rightly. So um, yeah, yeah. That, I vaguely remember that night, Clive. As yeah. you know, uh, Charlton at home was the last time we won a London derby. Oh, well, let's go back to Chelsea. I prefer that one. Really, it was six, sixteen games ago. Yeah, is that is that Charlton was a factual one then? Yeah, one more. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the Chelsea one because I like that one better. Right, Matt, thank you so much. You've thank been brilliant you. tonight, and oh, thanks, thanks for joining us. And um, Clive, as always, you're a joy to have on the show, and um, your positivity and radiates across, you, you smile <laughs> across the airwaves. <laughs> you could light a room up in any any way you t- come into it. Said no one. And um, <laughs> oh, I was going to take that, uh, Chris. Yes, as always, as founders. Yes, indeed. thanks for joining me. No, thanks, thanks for having me. And listen, thanks for listening to Open All Hours. Please support us in whatever way you can, and talk about us on Twitter because we do like to, to talk to people, especially David Fraser. He likes all your abuse, seriously. <laughs> and Saturday, tomorrow night we're going to win. Saturday we're going to win. But can get some atmosphere back at Rangers. Come on, guys, let's make the place rock. This has been Open All Hours. The QPR podcast is sponsored by XL Environmental, a pest control company based in Northall and the Southeast. They provide for all your pest control needs, along with bird control, hazardous waste removal and ground maintenance. And they're Rangers fans, so if you call them on 0845 11 666 mention our podcast for a 10% discount. Hello, I am Gabriel Maylard. I am one of the producers of AK90s, as well as the QPR podcast. And I just wanted to tell you guys about my new podcast. It's called Going Somewhere, and it's at GoingPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's about journeys, travel, and stuff. This week I spoke to Danny Boyle, so if you want to give us a listen, please do. We're Going Somewhere podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we're at GoingPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Cheers. Yeah.